for Cooper's Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. G'day, it's Gus Wallen. It's been a fun first day at the Adelaide Oval, so crack open a Cooper's Mild Ale and enjoy the funny stuff from Triple M Cricket. Starting with the trio of Marks, it's Mark Howard, Mark Taylor and Mark War. What, didn't they let you out in the ground? No. No, no, no I've, been, sorry, I've, been, I've been banned. Train captain. Yeah, see, I, I didn't get the green oh, lanyard. Yeah. You, need, you need the green right, lanyard. Rightly so, you're a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to walk all the way down there. No, it's a long way to go down there. We did our walk this morning on the torrent. Yeah, yeah, saw you out, out there. In the back. You and uh, Big Hayden. Big Matty Hayden, ran to Matty Hayden, yeah. Early left-handers. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking stroke play, you know. Yes. <laughs> Tab on Fox Quickly, you said that they had a meeting and Paddy was in the meeting on Zoom, so Paddy was involved in the meeting and it was just all calm and Stevie sort of slipped straight back into his position, but Pat had a few things to say and away we go. It's, it's a bizarre world in which oh, we live. It's terrible, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It's, it, it's, it's, it's disappointing, is putting it mildly, to, to miss a test match because you're in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and, Mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're out and you've got to isolate for seven days. Harris leaves alone outside off stump. If I'm a Barmy Army style supporter and I'm out for dinner tonight throw a, a and I see case. the Australian middle order, I'm standing up in the restaurant and saying, hey, I'm positive and none of you blokes are playing tomorrow. Well, I bet you bottom dollar they won't be going out of their room now for the rest of the test match. Oh. They'll be locked away. Tubby, I presume that's your computer that you've just got ticking over with all the selfies. There's you in sort of yeah. Italy. There's some engagements, a few graduations. There, you with some Coopers. Just you at a house somewhere yes. randomly. See, yeah, that's my daughter. She, right. up, she grabs my phone and says, right. Dad, you need to see more of me right. all the time. Just a lot of Tubby on your screen at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> it's all above board, these photos. <laughs> well, I think Tubby's all right. Hey, go easy. Go <laughs> easy. Only you at the beach and you, you budgie smugglers. smugglers. Smugglers, yeah. I've got centre pair of them too, you know, the smugglers. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Do you whack them You'd on look good in them. We'll look a million dollars in them. No, I, I did take them out of the pack and I thought, ooh, nah. Not sure they're quite for me. Go to the uh, board shorts, thank you. <laughs> Howie, Howie could get away with budgie smugglers. No. Uh, hey? I wouldn't have thought Your so. rig. you got a good rig, Howie. Yeah, I don't quite... No, I'm not going to say I'm not quite fully equipped to wear the budgies, to be honest with you, but you can only do with what you've got. I'd just like to take the listeners into what happens behind the scenes at Triple M Cricket. So our great producer, Ewan's just like, hey, boys, you're killing it which is correct with what you two are doing. Just let Howie call the ball and then go back to your stories. Taylor, why would we let him say anything? War, he said enough already. Not a great deal of support for the special, for the ball-by-ball operation. I'm just trying to think of Howie's last test match. When did he play? It's a good point. Uh, he tells us he's a pretty good player. No, I don't I say plays, that, June. I think he plays D-grade down at uh, Bowen Heads. C-grade when things are going well, C-grade. June. Well, only when things are going well. Dan Ganane, Greg Blewett and Andy Lee. Now, Bluey, I know this is your home ground, but we've got to start with Andy. Oh, really? I was going to say, Bluey's going to have to do the heavy lifting as far as the sports analysis, hasn't he? We've left both of them and Merv Hughes and, and Izzy. Three cricketers have left the box. And but but you up. have the Pat Cummins hookup. <laughs> now, please tell me you had a text conversation with him today. Yeah, no, he actually called me this morning, um, as I mentioned earlier, just to see what's good on Netflix and <laughs> etc. how to pass the time. And obviously, I thought I might have had the call up. Cummins out, Lee in, just uh, like for like. Um, but for those who are, who are just tuning in, may have not heard me earlier. Really unlucky situation. Table next to him, the restaurant. Um, a guy just stood up and left. And they kind of asked what the commotion was, and the guy said, "Oh, he's, my mate's just got a positive result." So rather than wait two days to get caught up uh, by the by the SA government, broad. This is the fourth ball, the over, a little wider there, and Warner shoulders arms. Um, he thought the best thing to do was to tell the team doctor immediately because obviously worst case scenario is a 
A being infected, which he isn't, he's got a negative test, and then infecting the whole group. And I don't know where the test match ends up, but otherwise, a knock on the shoulder day three to say we've got a situation you have to isolate. I don't know what the, even the rule is. Is there like for like there? Do they get the medical sub going with that, <laughs> or do you just play with ten? I don't, I don't know what the rule is. No, you'd have to get a sub. So can I get this straight? Yep. Did he rang you, or did you ring him? He rang me this week. He rang you? Yes. I texted him, though, so it's a response. You text him? Yeah, yeah. Right, because I tried to ring him. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, I've worked with him, coached yeah. him. Yeah. I've said very publicly I've got a man crush on, I think he's the perfect specimen. Yep. And the, the call just went through to the keeper. Yeah, he told so. me you were annoying him. <laughs> Bluey, I think we've established that uh, Andy and Patrick have a happy There's special relationship. There's something going on, is there? It's a... Well, I, Sounds like it. <laughs> it's a bromance. So I said to Pat after that, I said, so what's the plan now? Is it ordering beers to the room? Uh, Cooper's mile, we can actually hope him out with a few of those. And he's just text back and he said that there's there's a plethora in the minibar. You know, there's wine selections, whiskeys, obviously, beers, etc. And I said, there's more decisions in your room than it would have been out in the field. <laughs> it's a tougher day for you. Do I go the Maltesers or the Exactly. Bar? The strategy for the minibar, I said, you know, and you don't have a vice captain in there. He's all on his own, so... <laughs> So it's very difficult. Pat's going through a really tough time. Yep. Do I refer it? Do I don't? <laughs> and there's no way he's paying eight bucks for a beer. He's the Australian captain. Exactly. He gets full minibar privileges, I would have thought. Sadly, well, parents have flown over. So I bumped into them up there. And so um, his dad was being very polite. His mum was pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a captain's allowance. So he... Dear. Oh, and it's huge. Is it? It's huge. <laughs> So we always uh, used to go on about, we, we never saw it with Stephen Smith, but obviously with all the extra responsibilities that you've got to do as a captain, you are given a huge amount of money. For most really? Of not you, really. So, so the allowance is in money, not beer. Yes. <laughs> so is it more than the 80 bucks a day we get? <laughs> 80 bucks? That's Isn't that our per diem? I think it's something like that, 80 bucks. Do you remember? That cash? Well, you or don't because you're in South Australia. It's oh, I missed out, do I? I still got to eat. Speaking of a good Adelaide name, um, and apologies to the northern states because it's AFL, but Darren Jarman, for people who know yes. AFL footballer, an amazing footballer. There was a gig we did for a beer company <laughs> that uh, I was alongside him for the AFL Grand Final, and we're there, and he's, they said, you're on the panel with, panel with Darren Jarman, and I was like, I'm waiting for him to rock up, and I'm standing next to this guy that has put on a little bit of weight since, oh, since he played. Bit. Yeah. And uh, then he said, I'm Darren Jarman. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so we're sitting there, we're doing this Q&A, and he turns to me midway through the Q&A and goes, did you take the money or the beer? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a contra deal. Yeah. So Stokes, that last ball ended up being a no ball. As the next ball is wide of off stump and Labuschagne lets it go. So I said... Yeah, well, I, I took the money. You realise it's, it's like a voucher for beer and you can use it at any store. You can even do it with other things. And he goes, idiot, much better value with the beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate to think what they paid him in how oh. many kegs. But he had his uh, priorities sorted. I saw him the other day. Did you? Down at uh, one of the golf courses here in Adelaide. He came down. I don't know what happened because it, uh, it was a Triple M golf day, but he only lasted seven holes. Really? So I don't know. The reason behind that. What a legend. There's, so there was a bit of a whisper going around that uh, with Darren Jarman and his wife, his wife was a bit concerned that he was drinking a few too many beers. 
<laughs> so he, he, he was getting to paid the, in beer. He, he said he must have been doing a bit of gardening at the time, and he started burying beers in the garden, <laughs> digging <laughs> digging holes in his own garden and stashing beers. It's so like Pablo Escobar, his... but with beer. Yeah. <laughs> so Stokes fourth ball, the over. Again, short of a length, and maybe Shane ducks. So he'd say, listen, I'm just going to spend some time in the garden, and then he'd go, he'd go around and like, where was that hole? Where? And, he'd, and then he'd dig a beer up. And, you know, be looking, is she looking? Nah. Awesome. <laughs> Did he have one in the cistern like Homer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ugh. that is tremendous. What a man. And then they go with someone else for the face of these beer companies. I just can't work it out. <laughs> Cannot work it out. Cooper, Cooper's mild, if you're listening. <laughs> Got your man. Again, a no ball, that previous ball. So this third umpire is ruthless here. The technology was down for the first test, and... It's now two no balls in this over for, for Stokes, who comes in from around the wicket into the ribs of Labuschagne, who parries it away for no run. How many have, were missed in the first test, do you wonder? Well, remember, it was 14 yeah. in the first session, wasn't it? Oh, I think important. it was his first five overs. Yeah, <laughs> I missed 14. 14 no balls. I saw online that they were saying that he worked on it during the week, really, like, meticulously. They had a guy there to make sure he wasn't overstepping. Gee, good work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's obviously a lot of different rules, uh, obviously with regards to COVID. You know, our test captain has to um, isolate for seven days, but I feel like it should be mandated that all toilets at all stadiums has a TV in it. <laughs> yes. I feel that's, that's something I'd protest for. Um, and uh, today, this, even the duck-offs, obviously I've got all my mates over here, as you boys know, I'm not doing any night sessions. <laughs> and so the duck to the toilet with no TVs... Something has to happen about that. Is that actually fair, Denkin? You, you've, like, the last session, you're out? Yeah, you're I'm done? No, I'm no night session. <laughs> Is that the reason I'm doing an extra? <laughs> it could be, oh. mate. It could be. <laughs> yeah, no, strictly no, no, it's strictly no you, night session. When tonight. you've had the biggest show in the yeah, network for 15 years, you get to call the shots. I love it. Can you send me a photo when you crack your first one open? I've got one already, mate. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, boys trip, lunch, lunch. Oh, early. Yeah, yeah no, but it's getting up there. Don't worry, I'm not breaking any broadcast codes. Absolutely. I left my mates mid-argument, and I think essentially that's what we do. There's seven of us, and we go away and we argue for the majority of the time. Are um, you are you in the members? Are uh, they out there? No, no, we're just up, we're just upstairs in the okay. air. Yeah. And uh, but the argument was, and you might be able to sort this out. Yeah. What are the sizing of the drinks called here? Because there's a imperial oh, pint no. and there's a pint and okay, yeah, okay. So a, well, our You need point, to your TED talk on this. I know, this like is, where are you from? You're from Melbourne, <laughs> yeah. so hang on. This is going to get confusing, isn't it? Well, geez, we've started something. There's no way we're going to get this before lunch. It felt like when I asked you the question, Bluey, that you needed to go prepare a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Just the look on your face. I'm trying to work out, because you go, obviously you go from state to state and it mm. changes. So I think mm. our pint in Adelaide is equivalent to your schooner. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. Confused already. Yeah, and then what's what's our pint then? Your pint is a a big pint here. You call it a big pint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the two options are pint and big. Pint. Yeah, bit pint and big pint. <laughs> imagine, well, going a, imagine going to a clothing store. What size are you like? We've got large. We've got bigger than large and slightly bigger. <laughs> so, but sometimes it's random. Like you sometimes okay. ask for a pint, yeah. and the imperial pint just. 
gets presented in yes. front of you. And then normally, probably 90% of the time, yep. the normal pint for Adelaide rocks up, which is your schooner. So hang okay. on, the imperial pint is what we would call a pint. Yeah, yeah. like the, the pint that you go, when you go to England, you, you drink a pint. Okay. Like a, it's a... All it's right. a bucket. That's another thing I'm going to protest on. It should be, it should be uniform pints at beer site yeah. across all of Australia. There's a protest I'd join. So what is a midi or a pot? Yeah, do you have them? A pot is our schooner. This might be the last <laughs> board session here. Confusion reigns over beer sizes. <laughs> Bluey's exiting. We need a full lunch break to work this out. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. James Brayshaw, Mark Taylor and Greg Blewett. Greg Blewett's just been uh, dominating the lunch session for the Seven Network. He's wandered in. Hello to you, Blue Boy. Oh, good, mate. I'm a little bit flustered, I have to say. Right, why? So I knew I was running a little bit late. Right. What's going on with tubs? Get the... Are the glasses, sunglasses on? Yeah, well, no, they do help me see the ball out there. If I don't have them on, they, uh, it's, uh, the, the ball's a little bit fuzzy right. out there, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, not, it's not sort of uh, a, a moment where I'm trying to be fashionable or something. Right. Like. I just looked over. And... <laughs> that was a few years ago, actually. I can't remember. Someone was sponsoring the, the coverage, and they said, well, go and have an eye test. I said, oh, that's not a bad idea. So I went down to George Street, Sydney, had this eye test. They put those, you know, all yep. sort of different lenses on Yep. And I walked out to George Street and went, wow, I can actually read the signs and all sorts of stuff now. <laughs> Gee, it helped. <laughs> uh, well, I've moved into some glasses You have, well, Bluey. And, and you no. are in denial. No, I'm not. <laughs> I had an eye test recently uh, because of another medical reason. I had some the drugs I had to take. You, you then need to immediately have an eye test. Anyway, I went and had it. This beautiful lady was uh, looking at the results and... Uh, she said to me, your eyes are fine. And I said, can I ask you a question? She had no interest in me at all. She was just looking at the screen. And uh, she said, yeah, of course you can. I said, if my eyes are fine, why is it that I go to a restaurant and I need to use the Lots. torch on my phone? <laughs> why do I need the torch on my phone to read it at night time when I don't during the day, mm. if my eyes are fine? Mm-hmm. Again, she didn't look up. Never gave me the time of day. Kept looking at her laptop. She went, that's because you're old. <laughs> That was it, Tub. Is that it? Got out and walked out. It, it had nothing to do with the amount of wine that you'd had before reading the menu or anything Her like that. assessment was... Well, she's spot on. It's because you're old. <laughs> I'm not going to see her. No. So, anyway, tail between my legs, I walked out. Now, Tub, you're staying on ground, the Adelaide oh. Oval Hotel. And from what I'm hearing out of the Triple M camp, it's superb. Is that right? Oh, I can't give it a big enough rap. Fantastic. Well, really? I, I, and all the rooms must be fantastic because I've got, you, I just got I, normal rooms. Did you get? Did you get an upgrade? Well, I don't know. <laughs> First time I've stayed there, I walk in there, and, and all of a sudden there's these three or four rooms I'm in. I got lost a couple of times, <laughs> and then the curtains open by themselves, and I'm seeing the cathedral. I'm thinking, well, all the rooms must be like this. Must be fantastic. <laughs> Sickens me if you did get an upgrade. <laughs> On the door there was this thing that was sort of said cathedral suit. The oh, knee on yeah. the end. Yeah, we'll listen to it. You know, what does that mean? Oh, is that sweet, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you have to walk over a red carpet as well on your way in? Did they roll that out for you? No, nah, just a couple of petals. Had someone sort of <laughs> petals on the, down the hallway. They, they've given you the wrong room. That's what's happened. I've got some well, inside info. Okay, actually. good. <laughs> oh, no. Robinson again. 
Tubby's always been a favourite, hasn't he, of um, people in higher... And I don't know why. No? <laughs> well, I know why. Mythical. Because he's... No, I won't say it. But uh, <laughs> my information is that our boss... What, a bum licker? Is that what yeah. you think he is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our boss... Our boss, uh, what my great when he mate. went to check in, said, I've got one upgrade. Who would you like to give it to? No. And he's come out with tub, the big tub thumper. No, I'm not happy with that. No. So as a boss, is it okay to have favourites as well? In the... Well, how's he become a favourite that quickly? Like, <laughs> he only had a week it's, with us. It's through good behaviour. And you both to take a leaf out of that. It was an know? underwhelming week for me too. Like, <laughs> hardly put his best foot forward. Brisbane. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's how poor the standard's been between you two. I didn't have much to beat. Well, he's in his house and I'm in another yes. hotel. So I'd actually, I hear it's a great hotel. Oh, I haven't well, it, sampled it myself. No argument for me. I'm just not sure they've got the wine cellar quite the right temperature. But that's pretty good. Looking at panning shots of this magnificent ground. They've done a superb job of redeveloping what was already a magnificent place to play cricket. It is beautiful here in Adelaide. Robinson, the old scoreboard Bluey Heritage listed, as yes. we know, and everyone loves it. The only issue with it from a playing point of view is if you're batting and your team makes a big team score and you miss out, up the globe or the one or the two <laughs> stays there for a long, long time. Just a permanent reminder, isn't it, that you missed out. <laughs> yep. We played, and you played a starring role in it, in a game that at the time was the greatest run chase in first-class cricket history. I'm not sure if it still is. Against Queensland? Against Queensland. It was over 500. It was about 520, I reckon, 15. Anyway, at the time, it was the greatest run chase ever. David Hooks made a globe. So you can imagine that run chase took the best part of five sessions, four and a half. So it was sat up there for the best part of two days. And Hooks, he wouldn't have liked that. Wasn't happy with it. He wouldn't wouldn't have liked that. (laughs) Because everyone else in the team pretty much made runs. Louis and Andrew Hildich both made hundreds or as good as. No, 98 I made. I said as good as. How how There's a bit of a story about that too. Well, Craig McDermott was bowling. Oh, yeah. And the ball was just gun barrel straight. So he starts sooking the umpires. There's something wrong with the ball. And I'm on 98. They changed the ball on you. You're on 98. What happened? Yeah, so they changed the ball. I mean, Craig McDermott was a great bowler anyway. Yeah, very good bowler, but he was sucking that much. I could mm. see that the, the bottom lip was quivering. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he was sucking his thumb on his way back to his mark. And anyway, so they changed the ball, and he came in to, came in to bowl. And the first one, like, you know, hadn't been swinging. So I've shaped to, to defend it, and it's just kissed the wicket and gone away to the, the keeper, and I've just let it go. And I thought, oof. She's on. I hadn't made a first-class ton by this stage, by the way. And then he runs in the next ball, yep. and it's just a little bit tighter to the off stump, and the same thing. Just a beautiful shape, and I went to fend at it and just... Nicked uh, off. Nicked off. And 98. And you prick. <laughs> yep. That's it. 98. 98. But it was a 200-plus run opening partnership, yep. so it set the run chase up beautifully. So 98... When did you get your first class, or your first first class ton? Was it long after that? So it would have been a bit of a wait for you. Were thinking, oh, if I missed the opportunity. Well, that was in my that was my first shield cricket, and then I got one in my second year. So I've, okay, yeah. But you know, I was excited. Tuck. Oh yeah, ninety eight. Run chase. We're on. And you make the batting, so you, yeah. as I said, none for 200. Oh, the, yeah. the ball's old. Yeah. Oh, oh, Adelaide Oval. So 
I think Jamie Siddons made as good as 100. Peter Sleep actually batted brilliantly at the end of the innings and made a big score as well. So everyone sort of made some, what except about, for Hook. Hang on, what about you? Oh, it was a hard-fought 40. Yes. Second new <laughs> ball. Had to plough through the second new ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, I uh, was a, a minor contributor, but um, Hook got a duck and Jizzy was filthy. Because <laughs> well, the, we won. the shot of that scoreboard went up in a big yes. sort of poster. No, I remember asking, I think it might have been Gilly here. They can do some tele- television commentary. Yep. And interviewed Gilly out in the middle in a similar situation where Australia had made plenty. Yep. And Gilly had got a duck and yep. had him out in the middle just to fill a bit of time out. And I said, oh, the great scoreboard here, Gilly. He, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, well, geez, there's some big scores up there, but yours is not one of them. <laughs> Fortunately, no. he took the Jake. He was either going to hit me oh, or have a laugh. <laughs> you don't want it. So, Heath, for Anaconda, talk to me. So that South Australian chase, 6 for 506, was the first-class record for highest ever run chase, been overtaken by, by a team called West Zone in India. Oh, 541 for 7, they made. That doesn't count. <laughs> West Zone. Who's ever heard of them, Bluey? No, I haven't. I must admit. Oh, oh you have to find who got the runs for West Zone. <laughs> Dig that up, Heath, yeah. for us, please. Oh, that'll, that'll give him something to do for the next half hour. Might have been a young Tendulkar or something like Could that. Could have been. Could have been. Go on. Uh, Heath, come on. Batting for five. Um, Yusuf Patan used to play for India. Yeah. 210 not out off 190 balls. 19 fours, 10 sixes. Oh, Ipers. Yusuf. 10 sixes. Wouldn't that be nice to get 60 runs from 10 shots? <laughs> oh, that used to take me about 500 shots to get them in. <laughs> Just watching Jimmy Anderson before Tub and Bluey reminds me of Terry Alderman last couple of years of his career where he made walking look very difficult. <laughs> I mean, he finished bowling the ball and walked back to his mark and it looked like he's never going to get there. I think Jimmy's got... Terry covered, hasn't he? As, what, as well, a bad walk? Oh, as a bad, yeah. <laughs> so it's slightly better. So Jimmy's better than Clemmy, you're saying? I think so. I reckon they both it would have been about the same age. Did, when did Clemmy? He wouldn't have quite got this old before he retired. I don't think he Great bowl of Terry Alderman. Yeah. But he just, his body in the end didn't allow him to walk properly. Uh, did uh, he, he also get a bit grumpy towards the... Yep, uh... did. <laughs> Definitely did, didn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Test match only, we used to call him. <laughs> Test match only. <laughs> Uh, nicknamed on the 989 Ashes series because he bowled so beautifully that uh, he played the test matches and that was it. That was it. Two county games afterwards. Back in the 89, you played a five-day test match which had a rest day after the third day. Yeah, that's right. And at the end of the fifth day, you went straight into back-to-back county games, three-day county games, which was always a a bit awkward, particularly if you won the test match and we won four of them. So we might have been a a little bit hungover going into the first uh, county game. We were sort of a bit short of troops, and, and test match only, he just refused to play them. He just did not play them. He was a senior pro. Big Merv wasn't happy because he often had to play when, um, when test match didn't. And it would be fair to say that Merv enjoyed a celebration. So, um, yeah, he, he might have been a little, bit, a little bit over in terms of the limit when yep. we started a few county games. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Triple M rocks the ashes. Mark Howard, Murph Hughes and Andy Lee. Good afternoon to Andy Lee and Murph Hughes. This is a treat for the audience. (laughs) There's some jostling in the the position. It was. For the commentary box, Merv just came in. It's very clear who thinks he's the captain of the commentary box. Came in and just told me to piss off to the seat next to me. Yep. Why is that? Is that one close to the fridge or something? That's a bit rude. (laughs) No, no, it's in the corner. (laughs) 
And I, like, like Zoolander, I can't turn left. <laughs> so I'd like to see both of you, Blake, so I can turn right, but I can't go left. I, I can't... I can't can't do it. We've also got the key cricketing man, the cricketing legend in front of the replay board here, so he'll be able to give us some better analysis. That's good to know. Now, what we're going to do yes, Merv. is keep Mark Taylor away from Davey Warner. <laughs> Why's that? Because Mark Taylor had to talk to him about opening batting right. last night, yep. and boring as bat crap, isn't it? <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> it is Taylor-esque, isn't it? Oh, Actually, if table, Taylor's batting now, he'd probably be... 12 not out, not 29. Let's get fair dinkum. Not really a radio gag either, but nah. if David Warner starts wearing Mark Taylor's sunglasses, we've got real problems. <laughs> real nasty eyewear being worn by Tubby. Wasn't it? Yeah, real sort of 1980s type set. Well, most, most service stations would have knocked them back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got to, it's got to be said, for people that can have seen Terminator, the original Terminator, yeah. it was sunglasses that he wore. Oh, gosh, that's generous to Mark. Yeah, I think that's it's... generous to Taylor. Oh. I don't think Asta La Vista Baby would have been that intimidating oh, no, no. those glasses on. <laughs> 1964. That was the original, wasn't it? If Arnie had been wearing those, he may not have been back. Yeah, about he, wouldn't been, he wouldn't have been invited back. Real... The wardrobe person would have been sacked. No. The film a flop. Real average eyewear by M.A. Taylor. <laughs> the pitch, triple Anaconda stats, big brands, best prices, biggest range of Anaconda. Eats all over it. What's happening, big boy? Uh, Mark Taylor's career strike rate, 41. Eight higher than David Warner's going at today. He's going at 33. Oh, jeez. So you think he's got in his ear, Merv? No more phone calls. Please, Tubby, stop ringing David Warner and telling him how to bat. Pat Cummins obviously uh, not playing. Yes, thank COVID. you for that, Andy. But um, that wasn't the headline today. The headline for me was the bar, the brewery bar at Melbourne Airport ran out of beer. How did this happen? I don't know, but we got there and they couldn't serve. They said, we've got one German whip beer left. They had eight taps. I can't believe... Yeah, we almost didn't come. It was... <laughs> Have you heard of that? It's ridiculous. It sounds like Merv had been on the previous flight. <laughs> <laughs> might have been the issue. That's why I brought it up. I wanted to see when Mervyn right. left Melbourne. So I left, I left Melbourne. Now get, get away from all that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll go back to it. Okay. <laughs> I heard that there were some uh, testing situations where Triple M was nice to look after. I spent three and a half hours in the line with the delightful Ishigua just sort of reminiscing and talking cricket and slowly progressing to get our test yesterday. We should make, this, make the point that when you arrive yes. in South Australia, you yes. need to have a COVID test on arrival. So that's the testing you're talking about. That's right, even though I'd had one in Victoria 12 hours prior. Why didn't you just go to the express lane? Well, I wasn't aware of Priority the express lane. lane. That hadn't been organised because I'm a very small fish. So two and a half hours into the three and a half hour wait. Are you not on the group chat? Well, I, I'd arrived before you, Merv. And what you need to know when someone's telling a story, you actually need to let them tell the story before yeah, interrupting it's, continually it's throughout story. the story. Can we can Merv, put Merv on mute? Or how are we going to get through this story at the moment? Sorry, how are we like, going? Quite, how would you work quite, with a bloke like this? <laughs> So we're two and a half hours in, at which time the wonderful staff, who are doing a ridiculously difficult job, come around and say, everyone may not get to the front of the queue, so you may not get tested. This is at the two and and a half hour mark. And you accept that because the people from South Australian Health and at the government and the hospital are doing a magnificent job to get everyone tested. Australia one for 69. Tough situation for you. Just, uh, well, especially because you clowns have all gone straight through the uh, the fast pass business class style Disneyland situation. So what, you're, in yeah, a, but again, you're in a situation now where you've been watching a really terrible movie for two hours. That's right. And you're wondering that's right. whether you should bother getting to the end of it. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And Aisha was like, I don't think we watched the movie. And I say, we need to get to the end of the movie because... 
something might happen. Something might happen. <laughs> there might be a twist. <laughs> so at this point, three hours in, oh, no. a big burly chap comes in and directly behind Isha and I pushes in. Oh, wow. Big burly chap's not movies. No. <laughs> he had a fast pass. Water hacks it away on the leg side. And there's some noise from the crowd as to whether we chip this bloke and say, hey, there's people been here three and a half hours, you need to go back to the queue. He's a big lad, so everybody is too nervous to say anything. My first question to you, should you say anything in that situation, Andy? Should you chip a person you don't know who's gone and cut three and a half hours out of the queue line? Well, I'm obviously proficient in several different forms of martial arts, so I wouldn't have been particularly worried about it. Origami being one of them. (laughs) Black belt and origami, this man. That's actually quite crisp from you, Merv. It was good. Now, Harry, the question I've got to ask you. Yeah. If, by chance, it was a five-foot-six bloke, yeah. skinny, scrawny, yeah. pushed it, would you have said something then? No, I would have got Isha too. <laughs> <laughs> At that particular point. I, I'm a sayer something. Yeah. I actually had an in, an incident at the MCG where I, I, I broke up a fight, which was pretty pretty nerve-wracking, and I, and I broke it up, and this guy swung around. It was outside the MCG. And he pulled out a bottle of Jack Daniels oh, behind no. his, out of his back pocket and went to threaten me with it. This guy wheels around and he's holding this bottle and he's about to hit me with it and I'm in shock. And I, all I go to blurt out is I went, I'm Andy from Hamish and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and did it work? He and, went, he, and he oh. hit him twice. Lava <laughs> Shane to wide down the leg side from Joe Root. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, Mate! <laughs> I can't believe that worked. So I was explaining to you that I'd spent three and a half hours in the queue getting my COVID test with Ishigua, and then a big fella cut the entire line and stood in behind us, and there was nervousness as to whether we should say anything. We decided not to say anything. Well, he's behind you for a start, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but <laughs> the, the other 600 people that he'd snuck in front of were Well, exactly let them happy. say something. However, there was a group of about 20 fellas over from Melbourne that were coming to watch the test match. And when you got through your three-and-a-half-hour queue and actually got to the point where you're about to get tested, they would give everyone a big round of applause, trying to keep motivation up at this stage. So we're going through. I get tested, get a round of applause. Isha goes through, gets tested, get a round of applause. So there was a nice convivial atmosphere, people bonding together, trying to do the right thing. So then, (laughs) old mate, old mate, the queue pusher in her up. Yeah. Gets to the top of the queue. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Boo. 500 people. Boo. And awesome. everybody knew he'd cut in the line and he had the good grace, the old bloke, to actually go red in embarrassment. But the wow. entire crowd were into him like it was Stuart Broad at finally. So it had just the grace, filled me with joy. So had the grace to go red but didn't have the grace no. to go to the back of no. the line. It was unastrained. Quite a turd. Yeah. Correct. Seriously. But one thing you did say there that mm. was very, very valid was the great job that all the staff yeah. are doing. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And they must be under the pump. So well, there, was three, pe- there was three people yeah, on three the, people at the Adelaide Hospital doing seven. testing yeah. and they were flat out. And so to those people, if they're listening, thank you for making it as good as it could possibly be. They're doing a wonderful job. And you would reckon that after three hours in line, some people might be a little bit narky. frustrated yeah. and narky and may say something that they later regret, yep. but to all the staff doing the COVID stuff, Absolutely. fantastic effort. Well, you might not have read the group WhatsApp then, though, Howie, because no. we got told that uh, just go to the priority line yeah. and say that you're commentating for Triple M. And yeah, I've but never, he's with Fox, too. I've never been more excited to be commentating for Triple M. Oh. 
I felt like I knew the bouncer at the nightclub. <laughs> I, I, I nearly asked the testing lady for some drink cards. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... It was a smooth old, ri- smooth old ride. I did have a couple of people yell out, you've lost touch with the common man to me, and I, <laughs> I respect that. I said, yep, no, I'll get you, I've got your cut. Yeah, mate, time. all you've got to do is get a job with Triple M and you get in the express oh, lane, I priority. I, yeah. I thought I did have a job at Triple M, but anyway. <laughs> well, I, as we arrived, a very kind couple right at the start said, Howie and Isha, you've obviously got a big day tomorrow. Would you like to come in with us? And I just didn't think it was appropriate, so I went to the end of the queue. So. Yeah, but the big turd that cut in behind yeah, you didn't well, have a problem with it. No, he didn't. And if you're listening to that bloke. Yeah. You're a turd. Yeah, correct. <laughs> now, after after your story, three yes, and a half hours in line, the yep. big turd that cut in, yep. if he's listening, yep. you know who you are, yep. and if you've got a problem with it, come down and see Howie. No. We're at the ground. No. Isha's here. Isha's here. Have a chat to Isha. Mark Howard, Mark Taylor, and Murph Hughes. Not sure if you gentlemen are aware, I host a little podcast called The Howie Games. That is Australia's number one sports podcast, Tubby. Anyway, I had the great... <laughs> so uh, who, who decides that? Do you just say that? Or is well, there, we, we is made there it clinical up. proof? We made it up for the first two years, but now that it's sort of 1.5 million downloads a month, you, you'd probably... The stats sort of <laughs> yeah, answer but, it all. But you downloading it at 1.5 yeah. million doesn't count. Yeah. Mum is very, very busy on the download. The reason I brought it up, I had the great Alan Border on last week. And he was talking about his fantastic 7 for 46 at the SCG when he knocked over the West Indies. Yeah. And he said, to be honest, all Test cricketers can bowl a little bit. He said even David Boone could turn the ball. But he said the one Test cricketer he'd play with, he said most of them would bowl in the first or the seconds. He said the one bloke that would not get a bowl in even the fourths was you, Mark Taylor. Oh, you're kidding. He said you're the only bloke he's ever played with that cannot bowl. Hey, uh, very now, astute judge he is, a very hey, astute judge. We'll get Ethan to pull up my test stats in a minute. <laughs> okay, we'll pull those up. I don't uh, think it'll take long. And I mean with the ball. Righto. Okay, now, where he's going here, yep. where he's going here, he actually bowled in test cricket, and you know why? Why? Because he was captain. <laughs> That's the only way he's going to get a bowl. I said that last test. If you, if you ever get a chance to abuse power, go ahead and abuse it. Um, <laughs> but, mate, you know, I said I'll, just, I'll, let, I'll let the stats do the talking. That's talk, talk us through that triple bouncer in the PM's game when you knocked over Angus Fraser. Well, I saw him coming. Triple bouncer. Two bouncers. Triple bouncer. Got him, got him too. Half volley. Triple amount of kind of stats. Uh, Mark Taylor's bowling figures. Eh? Thank you. Mark Taylor, 104 test matches. Yep. One for 26 career figures. How many overs? Seven. Seven, seven overs. Who was the poor bunny? I'll get that up shortly. Rashid Latif. Rashid Latif. Latif deceived with the skidder at the front of the hand. How did slider? he get out? Skidder, yeah. Was it slider or skidder? This is interesting. Court Bevan at mid-wicket. So he smacked it? No, he was done by the skidder. Was he? Got him on the stickers, cramped him up. Right. See you later, Russian. Well, AB swore you were the one bloke he's played with that wouldn't bowl in fourth or eleven cricket. He should not talk, Alan Borden. That's seven, seven for forty-six. Fourth in the second dig. Yeah, that was my first test. Was it? And I saw this left armer, you know, five foot three guy bowling left arm. Well, he had to bowl round the wicket because if he bowled over, he'd hit the umpire. The arm was that low. <laughs> and that low. and, and I take bowled, objection he, to that. He, Alan Borden's not that tall. Uh, how many of them were half trackers? A few of them. About six. You got to be Richard there. Well, that was, it was, my, was my first test. AB takes 11 for yep. in the game, or a 7 for a 4 for. I'm thinking, well, test cricket can't be that hard. There's some bloke who doesn't spin him. <laughs> I was left arm way around the wicket, can get 11 wickets in a test match. Well, 
Triple, be that tough. Triple N, Anacondas, Heath? Just looking at that scorecard, Mark Taylor, the 10th bowler on that list. The, <laughs> the only Australian who didn't bowl was Ian Healy. Even Michael Slater, 1.1 overs, 1 for 4. Oh, yep. come on, Tubby. They were giving them away. Heath, Anacondas, what happened in that test match that Taylor and Slater both got a bowl? What were the scores? So Australia batted first, 9 for 5, 21. Slater made 110 in that game. Pakistan replied 260 all out. Only the four bowlers used for Australia. And then made to follow on 537 all out. <laughs> Australia chasing 277, one for 14. Game ended in a, in a draw. Who did Slater get out? Slater, Wakar Yunus. Okay. LBW. LBW. Okay. Did, him, right. did him for pace. In Pakistan. Yep. He got an LBW. Yeah. They, Neutral umpires? Yeah, they were 520 oh, okay. on the board. Now, Howie, the thing I can't believe about that is yep, yep, yep. Mark Taylor bowled in front of Ian Healy. He would have been the oh. wicketkeeper, to be fair. Yeah, but still, if if you're not captain, like, Heels bowls in front of Tub every day of the week. What, what did you bowl, Tub? The ABC it was no good, but what did you bowl? I bowled leggies in that game. I also bowled off Pass. against New Zealand. Us. Yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. I got found the edge of John Wright's bat what and hit heels on the knee. Oh. Iron Gloves Healy, I named oh. him after that. Oh. I should have had two for against Pakistan. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have got John Wright, left-hand opening bat. That would mm. have, have been a big scout, that. But I'm not, I'm not unhappy. 26, you, with, 26 with the balls, not about right for you me. Batted very, about right. You batted very similarly to John Wright, didn't you? It's slow and boring. <laughs> just look at the stats, mate. That's all I can say. Oh, oh, all I can say is 89. I stayed up every night, and this bloke just creamed cover drive after cover drive. Oh, yeah. oh. And then Steve Ward come in and creamed the back foots, and then Merv, you'd bowl the slow balls, knock them over. Wonderful. <laughs> well, well, 89, don't forget uh, the 71 in the first test match. Helped Steve War along. He was struggling without me. I had forgotten I came that. to the crease. And, don't worry, I'll remind you. Did you bowl in junior cricket, Tubby? No run? Well, like, as a kid, oh. you must have batted and bowled. Oh. In Wagga. Oh, right. yeah. Steam, right. Steamed in. I oh, see so you're off the long run up yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Bent me back. And then off, then I, it was about there, at the age of about 12, I walked out. I worked out very quickly that batting's much better than bowling. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much hard work, this bowling. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you put your hand up and say that. Well, my word. Although that, that 70 you got moved at Headingley, I was telling a story about that. 30, 71. 71. He batted with Steve Waugh, and, Mer, and AB just told him to hang in there with, with Tugger, who was going really well. So Mer went out there, hit the first ball straight back over Graham Gooch's head for six. Very first <laughs> ball. When he came in, AB sort of looked over at Merv and said, oh, What's that? I told you. He said, oh, And Merv said, Oh, look, I was just defending and I followed through. <laughs> Put him about 10 rows back right over his head. Well, I worked on the theory. If you've got a three and a half ounce, uh, three and a half pound bat, and it hits any part of a five and a half ounce ball, the five and a half ounce ball is going to go places. Mm. I'd argue. Yeah, I, think, I think Henry got seventy odd in, in the next test. At Lord, Jeff with Lord, Tugger. Did, did he? Yeah, almost got a hundred in the session. Oh, it's tough to do that. Uh, very tough. <laughs> a two-hour session. <laughs> now, number one podcast, Harry. Yeah. Have oh, you interviewed Mark Taylor on it? No, but I'll. And you know why? During the test, boring as back crap. No, Don't yes. do it. Because your ratings will dive. It'd be good for Dan. If you want to want to get your ratings up, give me a call, Howie. I'll help you out. Right, I'll be on to that move. <laughs> the episode that came out today is with David Lloyd Bumble. <laughs> I did it six weeks ago. I still haven't stopped laughing. Hey. Some of the stories he tells. He talked about a mate of his from the pub that had been locked up for attempting a ram raid in a three-wheeled car. Couldn't get up the gutter, so bailed out of the ram raid. Left his dog in the car. Cops rescue the dog, 
dog tag had the dog's address on it, they were arrested. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let the dog go, and the dog just took him home. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. James Brayshaw, Callum Ferguson and Greg Blewett. One for 169 Australia, it says 170 on the beautiful old scoreboard. We won't pile into them too much, Bluey, because hot in there. <laughs> Those boys and girls have uh, extreme conditions to deal with. Yeah. They've cracked the first one open in there. Yeah, yeah. Surely, what are we, quarter past eight? They've got a mild ale in their hands in there. Yeah, Coopers. i tell you what, just mentioning the, the old scoreboard here, mm. it's been... Most of us. It's been like our second home, the yeah. Adelaide Oval. I've never been inside that scoreboard. I have once. I have. Blue, I, <laughs> I, I thought it was embarrassing that I hadn't done the rooftop climb mm. yet, but <laughs> Greg Port's telling us he hasn't been in the scoreboard. Blue, we've I've all done, been in there. I've done the rooftop climb a few times. Mate, when you were bowling half volleys and they were racking the numbers up on the scoreboard for you in 38-degree heat, you could have at least gone up there and said thank said you for the hard yards. I was probably too busy scoring runs that you guys didn't. I didn't get the time to go up there. Well, they're very nice people, Ferg, oh, and they look, do just, amazing work. That's why you get over there and say day and you get around them at the end of a four-dayer or a test match. Yep. Thanks for your hard yards, boys. That's it. Can't hurt to take a beer over good for them either. Good oh, I, Ice I, cold I, Cooper's mild. I thought they earned it. So hang on. Clearly you, blue. You've didn't. been up there once, and you've been up there once. A couple of times. Oh, a couple now. <laughs> Round the wicket, Joe Root bowling to the left-handed Warner into the offside square for a single on the, the fieldsman. How many? 390s in Test cricket for you? Yes, I got 91 against New Zealand. Yep. Um, up at the Gabba. Yes. You got 90. A bit too cute there too. I was trying to run it down a third now. Just stupid. And then I got a 99 against the West Indies. Yeah, well, that's the one I want to talk about. That was Cameron Cuffey. Nothing. No, and Bluey. And then I got a 99 in the same summer against New Zealand. Oh, dear. In Hobart. The, the, the Cuffy one, it was just like a nothing nurry. You somehow to, managed to get it back onto your dollies. Just trying to stop it. Oh, no. I did get burnt, though. Robinson comes into the attack from the Torrens. I was on 99. Michael Bevan was up the other end. There was no gully. There was basically a backward point, Ferg. Yep. And I just defended it, soft hands, just squirted it out to point. And there, there was nearly two in it. Right. And I said, yes, let's go. Yep. And I got over halfway down. And then I look up and Bevo's just got his glove up. <laughs> no. And what do you do as a, as a teammate, non-striker? You're, like, ready to go for your Yeah, halfway mate, down mate. before the ball makes contact with anyway, the Anyway, the fastest man ever to play for Australia... Bevo says, no, I'm not not comfortable with that single. I'm not Sent sure me. there's been a faster man in the Australian <laughs> team between the, <laughs> between the wickets in history. Sent me back, which I was disappointed with. Right. And then the next ball was a leg stump half volley, and I smashed it straight to mid-wicket, and I started thinking, hmm. A little bit twitchy. Here, then, we, here we go. And then the next ball after that, James, was just a decent... Just a noodler. Just a nothing ball, and I just tried to defend yeah. it, and it rattled between... No. That and pad and rolled yep. onto the stumps. Stumps. On my way. It's the end of you. Hard to take that, Luke. Mm. Yep. But I did get dropped on about 20 by Courtney Walsh, one of the more simple Courtney bowls. So you could look at it like that as well, couldn't you? Right. Made 79 more than what I should have. Sounds like there's a bit of bitterness there, I must admit. <laughs> yeah, but I let that go. Poor old well, Bevo's sitting at home. No, 
bugger him. <laughs> he came in and said, he basically apologised, said, Bluey, sorry, but there, was, there was one there. Okay. Which even, that made it hurt more. Mm-hmm. For... Gee whiz. I, a much, obviously, less important time. I remember batting with Darren Lehman out here once when he was on 99. And I'm at the non-striker's end thinking I'm going to do exactly the right thing. So he just tucked one off his pads. There was square leg and a mid-on, and it went straight between them. So I didn't even wait for his call on. <laughs> so I scrambled back. Robinson oh, he got back. Got back. Nearly ran two. Got to the end of the over. I said, Boof, I'm trying to get you to your 100, mate. He goes, I'll get there. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Which he did. Uh, yep, I'll get there, he reckons. So there was a little less panic from Darren Lehman no, in the 90s no, than that's others. What, that's what we're hearing. Well, we know that, don't we? That's what we're hearing. Nothing bothered him too much. Dan Ganade and Mark Taylor. How did you react when the 12th man got you? Because you got them all. Um, oh, like all of us, I think, you, you didn't mind it. If anyone's taking the mickey out of you or in, you know, um, imitating you, it's, it's very flattening, really. It means that you're doing something that... Uh, it, it, it has got their attention and so really it's just advertising and you look at Tony Gregg and, and Bill Laurie um, you know, they loved it because it just it, it got their yeah. brand out there that's what it did but those 12th man tapes though and, and Gregg in particular Tony Gregg loved them Root flatter and turned around the corner again just picked off easily by Smith for one yeah his last one I think was called Bone yes and um uh, I remember when it came out, Greg, I was with Greggy at the time, and he rang Billy Birmingham straight up the 12th man and said, uh, Billy, we've got to get that, that bone, to man. You're going to send me a couple of copies, and I'll take them to the commentary box. Yeah, so, we, so we've got a couple of these copies of the CD um, sent over to Perth, and, and, and Greggy went out and bought himself what he, what he called a ghetto blaster. <laughs> and so we took it into the commentary box at Perth, and, and, and Richie wasn't a huge fan of... of the Billy Birmingham stuff, so we had to try and hide it from Richie. So we, we, we duck out, we find this little room where Richie can't see us, we put it all on so we listen to it, we're laughing, but we couldn't laugh that loud that Richie also oh. might, have, might have heard us, so we're like a lot of little kids with a toy we shouldn't have. Billy would love that story. Gus Warland, Callum Ferguson and Greg Blewett. Can I ask you two boys, have you ever dropped a catch quite as simple as that before in your careers? Absolutely. <laughs> Bluey? Yeah, I dropped... I dropped Hansi Cronier oh. off the bowling of Shane Warne. He tried to take him over mid-off, and I was fielding at sort of a deepish point. So it sort of skewed off a, a, like a thick outside edge, and I was sort of running back over my left shoulder and turfed it. That sounds a difficult chance, to be fair. Well, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Warney didn't talk to me. <laughs> For how long? I think it was a two-day ban. Oh, really? <laughs> No, I'm not sure it was two days, but he was... Uh, I, the eye contact wasn't there for a while. Berg, you said you've dropped a soda like that. Can you remember when? Yeah. Uh, Champions League T20s over in India. And we're playing against Bangalore at Bangalore. And Michael Klinger had to go off the ground because he was injured. So I was captaining. Brought Tady on to Virat Kohli. Thought, this is the matchup. Oh, no. We went to the break with you dropping... Coley. Virat Coley of all oh Yeah, he was just coming into his pomp too. And Sean Tate, I brought Tatey on. I thought this is the guy to break the partnership. 
He was on 30-odd and just pruning himself for a big one to knock us over. And uh, Tatey's bowled a full toss on his legs. He's got a leading edge, hit it straight up in the air, and I'm at backward point. And I'm like, I've got this covered. Settle under it. Get the hands up nicely in front of the eyes. And it hits my hands, and it had all sorts of spin on it. <laughs> and I just felt it fizz out of my hands. Oh, no. And it's just gone up out of my fingertips and bounced on my hat. <laughs> and I just looked like an absolute clown fumbling around trying to find it. And it hit the turf. So you talk about dirty glares. The big... Dawsley Express from South Australia, Sloan Tate, gave me one of the all-time great daggers from the top of his park before the next ball. And thankfully, he knocked him over at the end of the over, so I felt a lot better. But there's just not a hole big enough when you drop a catch or a big name like that. Mm. And I can only imagine what Josh Butler's feeling right now. He, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel for him just at the minute. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes.